0: Hey, everybody, I'm Jen Garrett, and I've used my Move the Ball system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize the same tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone, Jen Garrett here. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, I'm glad that you're here with us today. This podcast is all about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. Now, I say this at the beginning of pretty much every episode, but if you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your platform of choice so that you never miss an episode. There's been so many great guests on the show, got amazing upcoming guests. So make sure that you stay in the know by hitting that subscribe button. And to those who have reached out to me over the past few weeks, just want to again say thank you so much. Truly appreciate all of you and y'all taking time to share your thoughts and feedback. All right. So today I've got a fantastic guest with us, a super amazing guest, someone who I'm just so honored to know. And I love his journey, and all the amazing things that he's done in his career and what he's doing to move the ball and to make an impact. Inside the huddle today with us is Brandon Steiner. Brandon was on the show last season, had such amazing advice and lessons that he shared through his life experiences and his business ventures. So go check out that episode too. A little bit more about Brandon, he's an author, speaker, media personality, and sports business icon who was the founder and CEO of Steiner Sports. After selling Steiner Sports, Brandon opened the Steiner Agency and Collectible Exchange in September of 2019. We'll talk more about those things in the show. He also launched Athlete Direct, which is an e-commerce platform that enables athletes to take ownership over their memorabilia while selling directly to the fans. So we'll get into all of that in today's show. Brandon, welcome back to the show.
1: Well, thank you. I got a lot of great feedback when I was on the show the last time. So love the listeners that reached out. Thank you. And hopefully we'll get to some movement of the ball today because there is so much going on. There is so much to do. And I think you're gonna like my movement of the ball of recent, what I've been up to. And I've been working on something for years and it finally launched the other day. And uh, I'm so excited. And it's just, man, it's just about time. It's just so due and, and these talents are so deserving of more attention and more support and, and really more highlights to some of the great accomplishments and to be able to launch this thing after can't say how many years I've been working on this, thinking about it and finally coming together with a bunch of extraordinary athletes and, and some really, really smart business people to help me launch this thing. I'm, I'm very grateful.
0: Yeah. And I know we're going to talk more about this thing that you've just launched, but you talk about how this is something that's been in the works for many years. And that's the thing I don't think people realize. People see something launch and they think it was some new idea that someone just came up with one day and the next day they launched it. And oftentimes great things take time to cultivate and get ready and then to put out there into the marketplace, into the world. So talk to us about a what it is that you just launched and be kind of the journey on how you got there and why you launched now.
1: Well, you know, what's interesting to I me. Mean, I've, had, I've had some some good luck success along the way, but you know, a lot of times there are many, many fires. Sometimes you just got to let some of the fires burn. And one of the things I've learned in this new creation of collectible exchange is that you can't pay attention to put out all the fires. And then some of the fires that you want to create, you know, that's the ones you got to pay attention to and keep adding wood and keep adding the right, all the right stuff to keep that flame, not only going, but going really brightly. Maybe you can't keep all the fires burning in your office and operation. So rather than worrying about how you're going to keep all the flames going, maybe prioritize the important ones. And this was, a really important one for me, and I just love that I was able to focus in on what I felt was the most important thing I wanted to do when I started this new uh, company a year and a half ago, which was, you know, launching the Collective Marketplace, which is a group of some of the most talented women athletes in the country, and really creating a collectible marketplace for them to sell their game used, to sell their autographs, to sell maybe some private label items, and really just give them an opportunity to have what I call a pad, a platform, distribution. And then an audience. And, and, and I think that it's time. I think it's time for a young girl that's growing up to be able to put an amazing picture of Sue Bird up in her, in her room. I mean, or, or Megan Raponi or, or Mia Hamm or Carly Lloyd or Nancy Lieberman or Brandi Chastain. I mean, there's so many legendary women. Martina Navratilova. I mean, you think about Brandy and her run with the World Cup and the Olympics. I mean, some of the women have just done amazing things. And I've spent the last eight months, uh, was able to work with a a really great group of agents at the Wasserman Agency to really help me really push this along. I gotta tell you, what I'm doing, as far as the, the licensed products and the collectibles, I did for Derek Jeter, Peyton Manning, Muhammad Ali, the same level of focus and intensity. What's great about the new agency here is I have the time to kind of focus on these on these new niches that I'm creating that I think will grow into huge opportunities because I can put my love and attention into it and not be spread out trying to take care of all the fires. You know, this is like a main fire for me that I, that's burning inside of me. And then I really think that it's due. You know, I think that the women you know i've been active and they've been growing their sports respectively and you can, you can you think about them all like I, I don't know about you but i'd rather watch a women's soccer game than than a men's soccer game and i'd definitely rather watch women's tennis and and i i'm probably biased on this but cuz i do love the nba but i love the wnba the game is amazing it's a game i can relate to and some of the the players that we've been able to put into this collective marketplace are the greatest of all time like right? they're not just really good players like they're the greatest you know, Diana Taurasi is, is a goat, you know, Stewart, Bird. I, I mean, Skyward Diggins. These are these are women that not only are amazing on the court, but they're also amazing off the court. And they've done amazing things in the community. They've done amazing things to help, you know, for overall for women rights. So I'm out of my mind right now, just of excitement to just be able to take part on the collectible marketplace, working on licensed stuff and working on stuff that I think will be in Young women's rooms around the country and, and sports bars and, you know, slide over Michael Jordan and then make a little room for some some of the other stuff, you know, where there's some other goats in town here that really need some play. I know I'm going to walk into a sports bar one day and I'm, I'm going to see an amazing picture of Martina Navatilova, of Nancy Lieberman, Sue Bird. I've had a great run on on doing these things for the men. And some of the greatest from from Ali to to, to Marianne or there, blah, blah, blah. And to be able to take the experience and knowledge I have now and put it forth on this is, I know I'm on a little bit of a ramp, but I'm overly excited. Sorry.
0: Well, I think it's great what you're doing. I mean, women are amazing individuals, amazing athletes. And to be able to provide a platform where women can continue to be highlighted and supported and to allow others to purchase their memorabilia and hang them in their sports bars and other places is just fantastic. So I'm really excited about what you're doing. And we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago about doing the show to highlight this great thing that you just launched. I mean, I just think it's super amazing. And as a woman, you know, I, some of my listeners know that I sit on the board of a women's semi-pro football league called the women's national football conference about to have their national championship weekend this coming weekend in the Dallas, Texas area. So I'm heading out soon for that. But I mean, great athletes, great people, great leaders who are making an impact both on and off the field. They didn't have a season last year because of COVID, but the year before was at the championship. And I will tell you that to the talent on the field, I mean, it was an incredible game. And one of my colleagues and fellow board members, Lifford Hobley, who is the NFL alumni chapter president in Dallas and played number of years in the league he was like wow he's like this game was better than watching a super bowl i mean like it's incredible talent and so i just love individuals and organizations like yourself and team wasserman that are really trying to highlight and continue to promote women through an initiative such as this
1: yep so if you go to the collective marketplace.com or you can go to athlete direct either one of them we're just playing one part of the collective there's a lot of initiatives and stuff that the women are in a big picture, working towards, I feel like I'm one spoke in the wheel. I'm happy with that. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that spoke is, that spoke on that wheel is firm, solid, and, and if it can, stand out, because it's worth it. The women are very generous. They've been incredibly cooperative, which is always a blessing for me because, you know, you, you deal with some of the most difficult, sometimes the most difficult people in the world. and It's a breath of fresh air with some of the women that are equally as great, but they're also just so focused on the overall, like the opportunity and, and also the fun of this. I mean, geez, you grow up and you, certainly you want to play in a championship. You want to be a great player one day, but you dream of signing autographs and having maybe a poster of you up in, in a room that that some kid looks up to. I mean, this is all the good stuff, you know? And I think the what I love is like the women actually appreciate it. Like they kind of get it. It's not something they take for granted. And I love that part of it or at least it's part of the process. I mean, I mean, they know they're really popular and I'm sure they, in their hearts and souls know that they've got a really good fan base, but I don't know, it's just amazing. Like we, we have such a good starting point with something like this. And then you're, you're collaborating. We're able to kind of talk with the players and talk about some different projects, different things we're trying to do. And um, it's been fun. It's been a breath of fresh air for me at this point in my career to to get this opportunity. I've not been. I've not been quiet. It's not been a secret that I'm a huge fan of this. It's not like a all of a sudden I came up with this. I've been on this thing for quite a few years, and then now finally for to come together. I'm very grateful, and you know I, I don't take it for granted. That there's even the agents at me like they have a lot of choices and a lot of things that they could do with their talent. And there's a lot of different opportunities the women are now where the, the roads are starting to open up for them. And I don't take it for granted that they give me this opportunity. And trust me to drive this home, this category, like I I take it very seriously. I feel like I'm back, you know, 19 years old again, just, you know, 20, 20 years old when I was starting Steiner and trying to figure it out with some of the men players and that same kind of level of focus and quality. The people in this office think I'm literally crazy. They think I'm out of my mind because I've just been so, you know, we have so many little things I'm trying to do that isn't out there. So everything's like hard. Because, you know, you're trying to get jerseys. You're trying to get patches made for jerseys. You're trying to get all the special stuff that, you know, we want to make for the women. And it's not there. But I'm used to that because when I was doing it for the men, it wasn't there. And I had to go figure it out. I bring this up and I hope it relates to some of the people listening. Is like, if you want to be a disruptor, it's not convenient. And it isn't always easy. There are some dark moments when, you know, you're trying to put all this stuff together on a whole bunch of levels. And I think if you're out there and you want to be a disruptor, you want to make a difference in the industry you're in, then you have to be prepared to go into the forest here, which we all know all the things that can happen in a forest, but the goal is to get through the forest, get to the other side. In this particular case, I don't mind going through the forest because I feel like I've got a good team around me here at Athlete Direct or the Collective Marketplace. Like we have a great creative team. And then, you know, I feel like I got really great support from Wasserman and a lot of the players. Nancy Lieberman was first to jump on board. Brandy Chastain, Sue Bird—I mean, a lot, a lot of the women. You know, so I feel like I can get through this forest. I feel like I can get through all the insanity that could potentially happen to get to the other side. And I hope that we look back on this conversation. And, and Jen, you're one of the first people I call, by the way, to see if you want to have this conversation because I know how I know how important this kind of stuff is to you. And I, I hope that we can look back a few years from now and laugh about this conversation that we are even having it. That's that's the attitude I have. I can't believe we're having this conversation. Like, I can't believe this is even a big deal. How are the women not even having and getting all this stuff? How are they not completely deserving all this? And why, why is it taking this long? And why is it taking someone like me to have to do it? But you know something? I'm grateful for the opportunity.
0: Sure. And I mean, it's something that certainly should have happened a long time ago. I'm glad that you guys are focused on it now. And, you know, as I listened to you talk about how people in your office may think that you're crazy, it made me think about, a quote that was, it's an Einstein quote that basically was like, only those who attempt the absurd can achieve the impossible. And so sometimes you have to be a little bit crazy and think about things that are disruptive and that are non-traditional and act in ways that most people don't do. Like we were talking before, I mean, if things were easy, then everybody would do it, right? And so you have to, I was just having a conversation yesterday about some of the craziness that I've been doing. Lately, when I say crazy, and I'm not talking about my hectic schedule, because as you know, I'm always on the road, always on the go. I'm talking about like the ideas and the things that I've done. And people are like, well, you should share those stories. I'm like, eh, not yet. It's a little too crazy. Let's get some results. And then I'll come back and laugh and talk about, hey, these are the things that I did to get to these results. But you have to be crazy. You have to think differently. You have to challenge people. And they kind of look at you funny, like, what are you thinking? But that's how you get stuff done. And that's how you become a disruptor. And that's how you change the game. So I absolutely love what you're doing, what you are about, the way you think. And obviously this newest initiative that's highlighting women and helping women to really move the ball and to build their brands, help further their legacies, help connect with fans, and to really just make a difference for women athletes. And I'm just going to share a quote that uh, Mia Hamm had said about what you're doing, she says, to those athletes who have been in the game for a while and forged the path of progress, the launch of the collective marketplace is a tangible, celebratory achievement for players and fans alike. For those players from younger generations, the platform is a new opportunity to take immediate ownership of their legacy. And I love that last part because all of us, I think, especially now in today's culture, we're focused on the legacy that we want to leave behind. And so what you're doing really allows women to take a hold of those things that are important to them and to have a platform to influence others in whatever it is they're trying to do.
1: You know, it's funny. It's funny you read that Mia Hamm quote. And and I don't know if people realize the love besides just delivering and and her absolute, all the winning and and what she's produced on the field, but she's so much- about the collaboration and, and getting things rolling in the late nineties. Not that there weren't others. You can name, you know, you, you, you Billie Jean King. You can name your Nancy Lieberman, you know, Martina. You, there's so many players that have all kind of, you know, all the grains of sands, what well equals the beach. But me, I mean, at the height of her popularity was such a collaborator and really was able to push the needle in a lot of ways, you know, back in 99, I had the, uh, the blessing, you know, to work with her right after ninety-nine cup and do a whole bunch of stuff with her to put some collections together. And so that was really a lot of fun. And that was really the first taste I had of really being able to work with a great woman athlete and, and be able to do something that kind of, you know, from a branding and licensing standpoint on the collectible side, it was it was unbelievable. So I think that's kind of what got in my head. I think that was like one of the first things that really pushed me to, you know, brand as something here. So it was just really nice for me to say that and I know she means it because, you know, I always look at her as like one of the most serious and focused talents I've ever, ever dealt with. All the accolades that she's gotten are well-deserved.
0: Absolutely. And again, anyway, me, I am a great athlete, great person. I love her journey and everything that she's accomplished. And I really like this quote. And that's why I wanted to share it because I think it is important to think about for whether you're an athlete or not, what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? How are you connecting? How are you influencing other people? I mean, as you know, I was in the corporate world for a long time. And that's what I thought was my path. And after my dad passed away very unexpectedly, that forced me or made me kind of rethink what was important and the the accomplishments and things i had put on my resume were all great. But I was like, well, that's all wonderful. But that's who cares? At the end of the day, it's about leaving a legacy and doing something bigger. And so with Move the Ball, you know, I had the book, I had been doing speaking. But what I had seen was people started getting behind the brand. And I was like, that's my thing. That's the legacy I want to leave behind. And it was all about how do I turn this into a movement to really get people to think about how did I move the ball today? It wasn't just about football, which the book was about. It was about moving forward, that forward progress. What am I going to do today to be able to be successful in whatever that looked like? And so I just think what you're doing is absolutely fantastic. And I'm so glad that we're able to highlight it here. And so we'll put the website in the show notes for people. I know you have in the collective marketplace, you've got lots and lots of different types of memorabilia. Tell people if they are athletes out there who are looking to get some of their memorabilia and their items out there, how can they do that? What's the process for that?
1: By the way, there's one woman we haven't mentioned, but there's also another one of those like cornerstones is Michelle Akers. Huge part of like women's soccer, you know, very much the beginning 90s. I mean, she played a vital role in all the success the women had in the 90s, had some concussion issues, and some stuff. But if people want to get a hold of us, I mean, you, if you go to the site, that gives you a lot of directions on how to contact us, and get stuff up. You know, we're getting into a lot of college athletes. You go on the site, you'll see there's a Brittany Sykes on there. Tiana from syracuse we're getting some calls from a bunch of different women athletes they'll be able to put their stuff up you know we're hoping this is going to cover all the sports you know we're working with some uh well we haven't got it yet but we are really trying to land some ufc fighters some wwe wrestlers women lacrosse players track and field my intention here is to cover it all ice hockey i mean i love the fact that we have april ross from beach volleyball who she's like a rock star uh, amongst others that are on the site. Like, we really want to cover it all. Uh, so I'm hoping that when we have this conversation, let's say, in six months. It's like, Brandon, there's hundreds of players in this collective. This is unbelievable. I want this to be Harrods department store, man. And I mentioned Harrods purposely because everyone knows how big Harrods is, and I want it to be upscale. I go into Harrods, I'm like, wow, everything's cool. Every floor. There's no, you know, bootleg. Just some filler stuff, you know what I mean? Everything in Harrod's is the best of the best, the top of the top. And that's why I I envision for this collective marketplace is all kinds of the coolest licensed and just really cool stuff. Even bigger, better, nicer, smarter, cooler than the men. I want to beat any of the work that I've ever done in the past. And I think that the talent that I've, I've been rewarded with so far will allow me to do that. My only concern is I hope that I can live up to it. I hope that I don't disappoint the women and I hope that I can keep coming up with more and more creative ideas. So far, so good. The last few months, I haven't slept much because I'm always thinking of like the next license, the next idea or how to go maybe you know, a, a new art piece or this and that. I'm hoping that, I could, I'm hoping that this all could come together on the level that I'm thinking because whenever you start something, just for people that are listening, I'm optimistic and opportunistic about the whole thing for all the right reasons. Because my intent here is is very clear, but, you know, you're always a little worried about failing. You know, you're worried, like, is is the market ready for this? Are women out there going to buy into this? Are, are people going to respect, you know, some of the things we're talking about? So I guess the nervous energy is what drives you. I'll try to maintain some of that nervous energy to keep me going.
0: Just knowing the Energy and the effort, and all just how you attack everything is first class. Like, I know that you're gonna do great things with this latest endeavor, and so I'm not worried about it. I know it's gonna be fantastic, and I'm super excited to be a part of the journey and uh, support you in any way that I can. Thank you. And uh, something else that I do want to talk about because we've had some recent changes just over the last couple of months with the name image and likeness rules for NCAA. And so, you know, on athletes direct, I know you're working with athletes and universities to market autographs and to help athletes monetize their name, image, and likeness. And so share with us a little bit more about what it is you're doing. I mean, there's definitely, you know, there's a debate about, is this the right move, right? Should this have happened? And so you can take a position one way, or another. And my intent is not to get into a debate on that specifically, but versus now that it's happened, how are you helping athletes to monetize and to really move the ball with this new change that's occurred?
1: It's a great question. It's a great debate. Let's take the high road on it. I'm a fan of, you know, it's the kids can make some money. It's a long time of coming, frankly. And, and it's nice that the kids can also at the same time learn the business of their sport that they're playing. I think it hopefully will, will amount to being better for these talents in the long run, having been exposed to more of the business side, so they're not so shocked when they get into the professional level and there's more interest at a younger age. So I think there could be a silver lining here. It's a little confusing. I think everybody's still trying to figure it out. But I think the name and likeness is going to give a lot of schools a very unfair advantage, the ones that have big alumni bases. It's going to sway a lot of kids to go to certain schools where they could probably make more money, and it's going to put a lot of schools in an unfair advantage. My biggest concern is it's going to put a lot of teams in a weird spot because there'll be a few players making a lot of money and a bunch of players not making much at all. My approach to this has been, and I just did something with the Bayheims. I took the coach, and I took Buddy and Jimmy, who played for Coach Bayheim, and then I'm signing the whole basketball team, and my approach is going the team route. I just think it's a collective way to go. It's a way of including the big name. And you know who gave me this idea was Paige from UConn. You know, when, when we approached Paige and a deal that we're working on, she was like, well, I want to know what we're doing for the team. And then also you can include me as well. I mean, I love that approach for such a young superstar player like that. But it got me thinking, it's like, you know, that's a smart approach. You know, inclusion breeds commitment. Like, go do something with the team. And then as part of the team, you obviously you do something a little bigger and better with the bigger name player. But everybody's kind of participating, at least in some of the money. So my goal as I'm working with like four or five schools now is doing some team projects where we're getting five, six players on the team to do something, you know, six or eight players on the football team, you know, that sort of thing. And at the same time, as the game used opens up, we are allowing the players to be able to go on the site and sell their game used if they've graduated or their eligibility expires or they have products that they've actually bought themselves. In some cases, kids are buying their own sneakers and they'll be able to sell those and we'll create licensed products around, around some of that. With Bayheim, we're creating a t-shirt, Bayheim Basketball. It's kind of the, the three, the coach and Jimmy and Buddy on the t-shirt, which is kind of fun. And hopefully we'll be able to do the same for some of these other players as we come up with these little micro brands. What I love about this whole thing, Jen, is, and I'm just releasing it today on Open Doors, is a masterclass, teaching the kids, teaching these young student athletes about how money gets made in the branding and licensing area, particularly collectibles. And really being able to go do this stuff. And now I'm literally sitting in my office on a day-to-day basis, not all day, but a good amount of time each week, having conversations with 17-year-olds about their brand about and teaching them and showing them whether they do it with me or not, but showing them how they can take advantage of their brand by partnering up. Like I was talking to a defensive lineman. I'm like, why don't you get the whole defensive line and let's come up with a theme about your defensive line. We come up with a T-shirt. We come up with a special collectible. And we come up with a a nice little tagline. And then people will want to collect you, but still remember you as a group. Maybe individually, you're not big enough, but, you know, theme them and team them. So, you know, I'm having these, I was having that conversation with a couple of people at the University of Florida, a couple of kids. So it's like, I love the educational ability that I now get to actually talk to these kids at such a young age, show them the opportunities that they have and that they can also grow into You know, a lot about marketing and brand setting is planning and strategizing for what potentially can happen in the future, not just waiting for it to happen and then responding. So, you know, I was telling one of these kids that's potentially on a championship team. So you have to assume your team's going to win a championship. What kind of position will you be in when that happens? And what are you doing through the whole season to set yourself up so that when you do win a championship, you can make a boatload of money. So it may not be a lot of money right this minute, but it's not what you can make, but it's what you could build. So these are great conversations to have with the kids. I'm very grateful to Open Doors to give me that opportunity. That's a social media platform where a lot of schools and kids are now on this social media platform to find out about opportunities that are available and just to find out more educational stuff that's going on. So, you know, my hat's off to Open Doors for doing that and and then coming to me and enable me to set up a masterclass because I get to speak to hundreds and hundreds of athletes through these master classes, and they'll be able to ask me questions and so on and so forth. So, you know, I'm always learning. I'm always like, if you want to go, you got to grow, man. Like, you know, it's so important to keep growing and, and to be able to talk to 17, 18 year olds. I know there's a little bit of a gap, but it's a blessing. You know, I kind of get back into the swing of what's really going on. Not in my little 62 year old person's mindset, which is, you know, I got my own way of thinking, but you know, it's been 40 plus years since I went to college.
0: I think that's awesome because, I mean, when we look back at our careers, there are people that helped us along the way and educated us and mentored us and guided us. And so moving the ball is not just about what you do in your own career and your own success, but it's about, like I said, the impact that you make on others and how you help other people to move the ball in their lives as well. So I think that's great what you're doing. And with all this this NIL change, I've had a lot of athletes reach out to me, student athletes about. How can I monetize my brand? What can I do? And so it's just a great opportunity for so many people to think about setting themselves up for continued success in the future. And I really like this team concept that you mentioned because an athlete on his own, if he's not a superstar athlete, he might not have as much monetization opportunity or financial success. But when you collectively pull the team together, there might be some branding, some themes, and some things that you can do that can really help all of the players on that team continue to earn some financial rewards and get some success financially while they're still a student athlete before they get out into the working world, so to speak.
1: Yes, I agree. And, and, you know, I think the the exercise could be a good thing over time for many of these players. It's definitely going to be a struggle at the beginning when anytime you do something new, it is the wild west right now. And, I'm nervous that a lot of players will do some things that seem like they're pretty good opportunities, but could compromise them for later on. You know, I was explaining to, I was talking to Buddy Beheim the other day, and I was like, look, I know people are going to walk up to you and say, sign 100 of these, sign 20 of these. But just understand when you go to the pros, if you win a national championship this year, you've put that stuff all over the place without authentication, without any kind of verification, without any kind of accountability, and it, it messes up the market. And that, there's just one small category. But you know, if you do something for canning copiers, you a know, small little tweet, whatever, when you graduate and you get drafted in the lottery, that may preclude you from doing a much bigger deal for a company that's in that category because they've seen you already done something for one of their competitors. So when you say yes to one thing, you may be saying no to something much bigger. And you got to be careful with certain categories that you feel like, yeah, it's some good money because they're doing something locally with you. But it will definitely preclude you from doing something nationally. With a bigger company, you do something with a local automobile dealer and, you you know, you get a car to use for the year. And I'm sure a lot of players will probably do that. They'll make an appearance to get a car to use for a year, but then it would preclude them from doing a big automotive deal when they, when they graduate and make it to the pros. And that's something you have to think about if you're betting on yourself and you want to take the short, quick money. So I'm hoping that the players are able to size some of this out. I see in some of the states, they're able to hire agents and advisors, which is a good thing. So I guess we have to kind of see how this plays out.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's still very early on, but I'm glad that you mentioned that because yeah, you can't get caught up in that short-term opportunity. You have to think about the bigger picture. And if I say yes to this particular deal, because they, they, they're paying me some money, you know, or a car or whatever, what is that precluding you from doing when you're a bigger name? You know, once you're playing professional football, whatever the sport is. And so I think that's an important thing to highlight for student-athletes.
1: Getting a 17-year-old to think that way. Oh, boy think about four years from now. They're like trying to get them to think about four minutes from now. They're worried about how get some beer money for this weekend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll have parents of student athletes reach out to me as well. And I'm like, you know, think through what you're allowing your, your kid, like the parents have to be involved because as adults or, you know, grown adults, you just have more life experience and your prefrontal cortex is developed. So you can think through the possibilities. And so I think it's just so important for parents to be involved, especially in their student athletes' lives with this particular space, because they need to help their students' athletes to think through what are the implications if I say yes to this, or you know maybe I should say no to the short-term one, because there's something bigger ahead if I just wait. So I'm glad that you brought that up.
1: You know, it's like everything in life. Even, even as adults, it's hard to get people to think long-term, big picture, play the long game. You hear it, but most people don't play it. You now you're asking a 17, eight year old kid who's sitting on top of the world to do that. I mean, oh, boy. Yeah. So parental supervision. And what I always say, you know, once your kid graduates high school, you're not a parent anymore anyway. You're a consultant. And the, this consulting will be some of the most important consulting for some of these uh, parents with these student-athletes that they'll ever do. Critical decisions. Smart decisions, but I see a lot of parents popping up. And then again, we're seeing some advisors step into the picture, which I think will be a help as well.
0: Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned that as adults, too, sometimes it's hard for us to get caught up in that short term versus the long game, as you mentioned. I mean, as an entrepreneur, too, it's so easy to, you know, people reach out and they have these opportunities, and you're like, oh, it's a way to bring in money. But it's not always, it's not about saying yes, it's about saying no to the wrong things and yes to the right things. And so you have to have that discipline to know when something that could bring short-term success is not the right thing because it's at the expense of the longer term play.
1: Yep. No doubt about it.
0: So Brandon, what I want to do now to end our show, and I've loved everything we've talked about so far, is I want to take you through my two minute drill and just ask you some fun questions. Are you ready?
1: I'm always ready.
0: All right. The first question is, what did you want to be when you were 10 years old?
1: private a truck, you know, Mack truck. I always loved trucks and, uh, I always want to drive a Mack truck.
0: Okay. How about who would play you in a movie about your life?
1: We were just talking about this the other day. And it's who would I, who could play me or who would I want to play me? Because <laughs> um, that would be, you know, Al Pacino, if I could get him to play me, that would be great. You know, that kind of enthusiasm and energy would be unbelievable. Mickey Rourke, another one.
0: Oh, yeah. Those are both good choices. Next question is, what is your favorite vacation spot?
1: Well, it's probably Sandy Lane in Barbados, uh, the one and only um, it's just just amazing it's a, It's a spot that my wife and I cherish and love and it's the food in, on that island is amazing and you know it's a very small, very upscale boutique hotel, so I have to always put my nickels together to be able to afford that but it's it's worth it.
0: The next question is what is your favorite ice cream flavor?
1: Oh, there's no question. it's uh pistachio.
0: oh, that's a good one. How about what is a pet peeve of yours?
1: Complaining, baby crying, and um, I'm doing the best that I can. Either I'm doing the best I can or I'm good. I'm good, doing the best I can. Like just the highest level of mediocrity. You know, people that are hit it to the highest level of mediocrity is a pet peeve of mine because those are people generally I know could do more, could do better. And it just drives me crazy that they don't see it.
0: Next question is, what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to?
1: Oh, boy. So so many pods. I mean, it's it's off the charts. I just finished a great book called Transitions that I'm a big fan of. I I think that everyone should read this book because transitions are such an important part of your life. They are the intersections that that really propel and have a major effect on how you respond to transitions, which is getting married, moving out of your house moving to your first house, having your firstborn, getting divorced, having a parent die. These are all critical transitions, Uh, even getting promoted or getting fired. These are the most important transitions. And understanding how your mindset is and how you deal with change on the highest level has a big part of where you're going to be going in your life. And uh, this guy did a great job. This book was written, I think, 30 years ago, and he just republished it. So I'm extremely grateful that he did that. And uh, I I love that book.
0: I will definitely have to check it out. I appreciate you sharing that one.
1: Transitions, yeah.
0: Transitions. All right. My last question is, you are hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why?
1: Well, there's no question. I'm going to invite Oprah Winfrey. Because the only way I want to meet and hang with Oprah is if it's going to be for a full dinner. Uh, I'm going to invite Jackie Robinson. Mm -hmm. And I want Albert Einstein.
0: Great, three great people, and I'm glad that you mentioned a female because when I asked this question, there's only been one other person that has actually mentioned a female, and there are three people.
1: Uh, Oprah's my first. Not only am I mentioning Fia, Oprah's my first choice. That's like my role. That's my. That's my. I mean, that's my role model. I mean, I love Oprah. I've watched her show for 25 years. I've watched every Super Soul Sunday. I mean, listen, I don't know her, but she's a genius, and I have. I should be put in jail for everything I've stolen from her because. She has given me so much inspiration. You know, my TV shows are all based around stuff that I've learned from her, her thinking, her ability to teach the spirituality part of life and business, which Super Soul Sunday is a must watch on the own network on Sunday mornings. I love Oprah. I mean, I I just love what she's been able to do for so many people. I mean, isn't that what life's all about is having an impact on others and helping others. She's figured out how to still do a great, great money grab. She's rich as all hell. But she's also, most importantly, figured out to take that power and influence to help and influence others, which is the most important thing that we're all here for.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, she's definitely high on my list. Has a great story. What she's achieved is phenomenal. And uh, she would definitely be in my dinner party as well if I could get her to come. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Brandon, thank you so much for joining the show. Any last thoughts for our listeners before we close?
1: Well, love your feedback on the Collective Marketplace. Love to, you know, love to any participation, any ideas you have as far as, you know, taking that to another level. There's so many other things we're doing on Athlete Direct with all different sports and different athletes. So I'm hope you'll support that and give me the feedback. Follow me on LinkedIn and uh, I'm over the limit. But, you know, I, I answer all the message requests on LinkedIn and, and I do a lot on Facebook as well. Those are my two favorites. But obviously I'm on all the social. And uh, if you go to Collectible Exchange, my book is free. So uh, if you want to pick any one of my three books out, just go to cxstuff.com or Collectible Exchange or Collect the Marketplace. Any of those websites all lead you to the same hub and you can pick up any of my three books for free.
0: Perfect. And we'll be sure to have all your social links and all those websites in the show notes so people can check you out, can get their book. I know you have three great, fantastic books. So encourage people to pick one. I know we talked about that on the last show as well. So I appreciate uh, you sharing and thank you so much for coming on the show again, Brandon, and telling us about how you've been moving the ball in a very important way, helping to provide women with another platform to continue to leave their legacy. And I think what you're doing is amazing.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for all you do, Jen. Appreciate you. You're the real deal. And uh, let's keep talking. Let's keep the conversation going and uh, stay safe out there, everybody.
0: Thank you. And thanks to everyone for listening. And I guess before we close the show, I'll just say, you know, think about how are you showing up in the world? And are you doing the things that are furthering the legacy that you want to leave behind? So that'll be my little nuggets to end today's show. And we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball.